0: I'm trusting God. If our father was harsh or abusive, we may find it hard to have a close relationship with God. The personality, behavior, morality of our fathers impacts our view of God. While many people think their dad was perfect, he was not. Sad to say. No man is perfect, but God is love, not just loving, but is love. He's so amazing, is he not? Glorious, perfect, all-powerful, has everything, needs nothing, yet is focused on the planet of our earth and the inhabitants, us human beings, who live here. God is the perfect father. God is known in three or four ways, and one of the ones is by his name. One of the ways we get to know someone, isn't it, by getting to know their name. Sometimes their name is based on a character or their accomplishments. And that was the same in biblical times. In Hebrew, in the Hebrew world, he was known as Abba Father. And in the Greek world, he was known as Petros or Papa, all of which we are here used today. It is terms of relationship, endearment, and trust. God is also known by what he does. In the scripture, he's called the healing one or the providing one or the I am that I am, and many others. God is also known by what he is. The Greeks identify God by what he does. They title God by what he is. God is holy. God is love. God is described in many ways in scripture, and he has many titles. He is known by a father who, In many ways. In 1 Corinthians 1 and 3 we read, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, the Father of mercies. In Ephesians 1 and 17 we read, So I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. He is the Father of glory. In James 1 and 17, he says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He is the Father of lights. And then in Hebrews 12 and 9, we read, Moreover, we all have human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and life, known as the father of lights, or spirits, sorry. In Ephesians 4 and 6, he is called God and father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. And that is how God is known. The word father appears in the scripture before there were any fathers on earth. Father is found in the Bible in Genesis 2 and 24, which you don't see on the screen. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Adam did not have an earthly father or mother to leave for his wife. How did he know? Apparently, God revealed the word work of a father in his relationship with Adam, who had no earthly parents. And so God became known as father back with Adam. Very quickly this morning, I want to review a couple of our Heavenly Father's attributes that make him the perfect father. Our Heavenly Father has unending patience and kindness. Psalm 103 and 17 says, From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children Ch- children, Did you ever feel that you'd used up your dad's patience? We don't have to worry with our Heavenly Father. He is good, and his love will endure forever. That means not only that God's patience and kindness never wear out, but that God's ability to forgive us never wanes either. Psalm 103 and 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That means our Heavenly Father doesn't hold a grudge, and he'll never bring up our past. The next thing we know about our perfect Father, our Heavenly Father, is his door is always open. He's never got a bad day. He's never in a sour mood. He's never too busy, too distracted for his child. When we are in relationship with his son Jesus Christ, we have complete access to our father to our father's ear. In Hebrews four and sixteen, it says, "Tell us, we can draw near." with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace in the time of need. In Psalms, we read that God will never let our feet slip because he never slumbers. But in Psalm 138 and 3, David sang, When I called, you answered. You greatly emboldened me, letting us know that God is never too busy to hear our cries and come to our rescue. You and I do not have to gain Father's love. Sometimes we may have felt that we had to earn our Father's love and respect by doing great things to make him proud of us. God is not like that. Romans 5 and 8 tells us that God demonstrates his own love for us. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, while we're still making mistakes, still blowing it, we're not measuring up all the time. While we are oblivious to him and his love, he still sent God, his son, to die for us unconditional, sacrificial love. And it is like anything you and I can experience on this earth. God is a father who chose to love us. We didn't earn it and we didn't deserve it. We can't exhaust our father's love. There's nothing we can do to earn it. And there's nothing we can do to lose it. In Romans 8 38 and 39, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, or anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In what that's saying is, There are no circumstances, seen or unseen power, action or inaction, that can separate you and I from God's love. That's powerful. And that is a promise that our Heavenly Father has the power to fulfill. Every person on this earth who claims to love you and never leave you will at one point or time, uh, through death, will leave. But God said, he, there is no separation from God's love ever. The other thing of attribute about our Heavenly Father is he has only our best in mind. You and I, as a natural human being, tend to be selfish, consider ourselves before anyone else. If you had a dad who was selfish, Unselfish and willing to sacrifice his own comfort, we had a gift. A glimpse of what our Heavenly Father is like is in Romans eight and 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all us, for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? In Matthew 7 and 11, Jesus said, If you then know, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God has the ability to give us anything we desire, but is it as long as it's good for us. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows what's down the road and what will be best for us in the long run as well as eternally. Our Heavenly Father also loves us so much he will correct us. And he will correct us with love. Some of us may have a hard time with discipline because of how we were disciplined by our earthly father. It may have been out of his anger rather than his love. But God's word says in Proverbs 3, 11 to 12, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. We're told in Proverbs, he who spares the rod hates his children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Have you ever had the experience of God refusing to give you something or take something away that you loved? What you and I need to do is trust that our Heavenly Father was either protecting us from something, or discipline us out of love, or it may be been both. The other thing about our Father, Heavenly Father, is he's always on time. God doesn't make mistakes. He does not forget. And unlike his, our human fathers, his timing is always perfect. When he withholds something from us, it's not necessarily because he's angry, or he's punishing us, or just not listening to our concerns. Psalms eighty-four and eleven says, "He for the Lord God is sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk." is blameless. If we're walking uprightly and asking God for a good thing and he's not delivering it, is it really good for us, that which we're looking for? Or is it that it's not time? The timing is off. This is where trust comes in. How much do we trust our Heavenly Father? Can we trust in his timing Can we trust in his process that he's allowing us to go through? He, our Heavenly Father, knows how to give good gifts just at the right time. One of the gifts that he gives us that he's very generous with is wisdom. Some of our fathers may have held back who only gave us advice when we applied it, the le- when he applied it the last time, and he doled it out, or he only gave us the bare minimum of what we needed, or not even that, to teach a lesson, because he didn't trust m- us with the gift. Our heavenly Father is not like that. James one and five says, "If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all." without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Wisdom he will provide. One of the things that gets you and I in the most trouble is that our Father allows us to make our own choices. We have free will. Now, God has expectations of us, just like our earthly father might have had. But the difference is he doesn't disown us. He doesn't back out of our life when we select a different path. A wise, loving, and patient God, Father, he waits. In Romans 8 and 28 we read, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, f- who have been called according to his purpose. When we come back, if we have strayed the path, when we come back to his best plan for our life, we find it's something we really wanted, and we find he is able to use those mistakes we made in our life from that point on. The wounds that we had, while we still may bear the scars reminds us of his love. We may have made choices that wounded, and we may bear those scars, but it doesn't change our father. He, there is no condemnation from our father. And you know, God loves intimacy. And that's one of the deepest needs of the human race to be intimately known. Yet sometimes you and I hide who we really are out of fear of rejection or that someone may lose lose interest in us when they discover what we're really like, warts and all. I remember the years that I had to hide my illness in order to not to be able to uh, be promoted to not lose my job, and to have credibility. So for many, many years, I wore a mask because I felt that if people knew, number one, job-related, and number two, credibility would be gone and I would be rejected. Too 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 long in life I lived that way. And it was only when we can allow ourselves to be who we really are and allow the Father to uh, be and see through us that life changes and we are free. David said in Psalm 139, 1-3, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Regardless of how we may want to wear a mask and not be seen as we really are by our fellow human beings, God knows all about us. And he still loves us. And with all that intimate knowledge that he has of you and I, he knows every detail of our lives, every thought, every act, everything. He still loves us. He is the perfect father. You and I, brothers and sisters, are blessed because we have a heavenly father. As it started out in the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Regardless of what, where, or we are, he loves us, and nothing can separate you and I from him. He is the perfect Father. Father.